Blog Talk Radio. League Hour, and this is the Reverend John St. Germain returning from beyond the grave, almost literally, and we'll talk about that in a minute, so why don't you uh, get a warmer cold beverage of your choice and join us back in about a minute after our musical break, and um, I'll tell you where I've been. See you in a minute. Well, here we are. You know, I have about 12 hours of music like that on a loop that I play in my cathedral. And uh, I'll probably be playing that continuously in the Crystal Silence Shrine when it opens this spring, which will be the new home of the Crystal Silence League. It'll be a shrine that has nothing in it but crystals and crystal balls. Won't that be pretty? And I'll have a revolving light in the middle, kind of like a disco ball, <laughs> and it will be uh, putting flickering lights all over the uh, various crystals that will be embedded in the wall and the crystal balls that will be on various little shelves everywhere, and it will be quite nice unless, of course, you're prone to seizures by flashing lights and stuff. So in that case, probably not. And meditation music and meditation pillows on the ground. It'll be a place of meditation, and I'll have books and things in there. It'll be a very nice little place. I apologize for the two-week sabbatical for the show. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I don't talk about this stuff, and I don't post everything that happens in my life on social media. I come from a different generation, folks, where we don't broadcast everything that happened. Um, sometimes taken aback at the sort of things people post on social media. They they post a lot of personal business and they um, post, people will post uh, spats and feuds and arguments with their spouses. Is the, the spouses, is that the correct plural? Or is the plural of spouses spice? I have two spice. The plural of spouse is spice. For those of you in polyandrous relationships, is it spice? It sounds spicy. And uh, uh, I don't. I don't do that. I just – there's uh, 300 people on my Facebook page, and I don't know a lot of you, so I don't really want you to know what's going on. The people who matter know what's going on, and that's my immediate family. But I'd been growing increasingly more fatigued over the past uh, year or so, and uh, it was alarming to me. I thought, well, I'm not that old. I'm 
approaching 60, but I shouldn't be getting that fatigued. And I was uh, having to cut back quite a bit on my work. And many people who've been keeping up with things know that I did a lot of work on my chapel and my shrine this summer, uh, among which was making a stone patio. And during that procedure, uh, I was helped mostly by that uh, by my uh, my neighbor Robert, who does quite a bit of work uh, um, with me. But I was cleaning up, and I was moving uh, uh, basically scrap stone and brick and things, loading a wheelbarrow and moving it and stacking it up. And I was having uh, some pretty severe chest pains. Uh, accompanied by shortness of breath and tightness in my chest, and says I to myself, hmm. So I went to the doctor, and the doctor gave me an EKG, which is abnormal, and she gave me nitroglycerin and said, don't do anything strenuous, so I did not, and she sent me to a cardiologist, and the cardiologist took one look at that EKG and scheduled me for heart surgery two days later, and this would have been uh, Friday a week ago. And I came home Monday a week ago after that surgery where they uh, did a uh, catheter procedure by going in through your wrist, by the way. They knock you out for this. And um, where they found a 90% blockage in my LED and a 80% blockage in another uh, cardiac artery. And they implanted two stents. Uh, the LED, by the way, is what they call the Widowmaker. That was a 90% blockage. Um the Widowmaker is uh, a cardiac artery that if you, if you have a heart attack in that area, you die, basically. So when I say I came back from beyond the grave, it was uh, not that much of an exaggeration. And so I came back Monday feeling a lot better and um, been resting for about a week. So Tuesday was my granddaughter's birthday, and we had to put together a party. Um, and uh, I will also tell you that Two days before my surgery, my mother-in-law passed away, my wife's mother. So the day before my surgery, we had to make arrangements for her um, body, basically. And uh, so my poor wife had to deal with all that. And uh, then the last week she took off work, all last week, to keep a very close eye on me to make sure that I didn't <laughs> that I didn't jump right into my uh, what my usual um uh, foolhardiness I tried to jump back into work and uh, full tilt she kept an eye on me and said no 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 uh, an eagle eye on me so I had to ease back into things so that last Tuesday um, I kind of wanted to do my show after my daughter's birthday party my granddaughter's birthday party but she wouldn't let me and um, as uh, the week progressed and I became more and more energetic I did do readings and mon last Monday I did reading I did three readings last Monday and of course, this week, uh, Friday, last Friday would have been a week after my surgery, and uh, this uh, this week I've been uh, pretty much going full tilt. You know, my wrist is still sore from basically having a pipe threaded through my wrist up into my heart. It's an amazing thing to me that they do a surgery on your heart, and the the longest thing to heal is your wrist. But that's what's been going on, and why. We had uh, two shows in a row missed, um, and I apologize for that. Of course, we have had 160 episodes for you to go back and listen to an archive and catch up on your listening. But we are back this week with um, our uh, series on New Thought, which I look forward into diving into and getting back, uh, back in stride. Now, if you ask me, do I feel better? Oh, yeah, yeah. My energy is uh, uh, back up 100%, 100%. Uh, more. I have about three times the energy I had. That fatigue is completely gone. It is completely gone. So our crystal of the week is black kyanite, and we have a, a lot of love for our black crystals. We like obsidian. We like black tourmaline, and we like black kyanite. Now, black kyanite is uh, one of these uh, crystals that forms in long, tubular uh, crystals, and you'll see it in broom shapes, and the broom is very good. You can actually sweep with it. You can sweep down your body and down your arms, 
and sweep away negative energy. If you have blockages in your meridians and in your chakras, you can sweep those blockages away. You can sweep away uh, negative energy, uh, the results of psychic attack and evil eye. And if you know who's doing it, you can sweep it back onto them. So it's very good. You can sweep and repel all this negative energy back away from it. You can also, if you find yourself resistant to change or resistant to uh, breaking bad habits, you can sweep that resistance away, uh, sweep away blockages of any kind. Uh, the, the broom shape, it's also a, a fan shape. So if you have a, a blocked chakra, you put the tip of the fan on that chakra and let it funnel away or project away that blockage. So it's very good. Now, um, I'm going to tell you that um, kyanite is a this kyanite is a sort of a brittle crystal, and if you make an infusion, put it in something uh, like a glass, a tube, um, a jar, and immerse that in your water. I think this is probably a good idea for any crystal. A lot of the crystals um, you just don't want to ingest. And uh, I've been thinking about this a lot. There are some crystals that are hard like quartz and you can immerse them in water directly. But I've been thinking of late that you don't want to break off any piece of crystal amethyst or anything and swallow it. And uh, the indirect method is as good as any. Um, for infusion, and probably any elixir that you make, I've been thinking about this, should be done with the indirect method rather than the direct method. And they would be, oh my God, no, but uh, yes, I think so. And because why, why run the risk of ingesting uh, small fragments, minute fragments of something that could be potentially dangerous? Um, put your crystal in a jar, in a, in a test tube, in a uh, ampule, and immerse it in the water. They even sell special containers. Uh, it's a like a drink, a glass drinking bottle with a foot in the bottom. You can put your crystal in the foot, screw the bottom on, and the uh, properties of the crystal will infuse through the glass foot. What I mean by foot, like in a wine bottle, you know how in a wine bottle it's got the foot in the bottom. You know the indentation. It's it's something like that. It's like a drinking bottle, and it's got an indentation like that, and you can put the crystal in the bottom of it and then screw a, a bottom. Do you know what I'm talking about? And the crystal never comes in contact with the water, but its properties can uh, – its vibrations can uh, infiltrate through the bottom of the uh, drinking container. Kind of a good idea. I think it's a good idea. You can put um, all sorts of crystals. You can put a whole handful of small crystal chips in it of different varieties and uh, – let it infuse your water with its qualities. Then there's uh, crystal wands or glass wands full of crystals you can put down in your water while you drink it. Kind of a cool idea. I think it's a cool idea. You don't have the crystals directly in your water where you can get pieces of it you know, and drink it. Once you make your infusion, of course, you put a few drops of brandy in it. Um, you, can put, you can put a whole shot glass of brandy in it if you like, you know, really uh, – Give it an invigorating beverage, but a few drops keeps the mold from growing in the in the algae. So go right ahead and uh, decant it. But that's that's how you make your infusion. Uh, I'll, I might do some writing about it. I want to try to revive the Crystal Silence League newsletter uh, when I get time and organization. Now that I have my oomph back and uh, the river will be uh, back in the saddle. Now the Crystal Silence League, as some of you may know was founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, and you can read about him on our Crystal Silence League website, um, about which we'll talk about in a minute. Now, the um, Crystal Silence League was around for quite a while until Mr. Conlon passed into the silence about 1954. <coughs> and uh, where it lay more or less in silence, although a lot of people practice, they continue to practice. The idea of the Crystal Silence League was that positive prayer and affirmation could be projected through the agency of crystal balls. And 
many people continued to practice after Mr. Collins' death, as it turned out. So Missionary Independent Spiritual Church picked this up around 2009 and formed a website, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, where people will go and pray. People can post uh, prayer petitions, and prayer is always free on the Crystal Silence League. We do have a gift shop, and you can purchase items such as books and literature and crystals and crystal balls. And uh, some of that literature is by our founder, Mr. Conlon, and some of it's by me, Reverend John St. Germain. We have two books that I've written for the Crystal Silence League, Crystal Magic, Divination, Magic, and Spellcasting, um, with gems and crystals, and Lithomancy, uh, Divination and Spellcraft, with gems, crystals, and coins. Came out last year. Or this year, yeah. Lithomancy came out this year. And I'll be working on another book before long. And I've got a book on the I Ching. That's not produced through the Crystal Silence League, but by me. We got a number of books. I got three books on palmistry um, available through Luell, and I got a lot of books. I've written a lot of books over the years. Um, so you can go there and post prayers. And if you go to the prayer site, uh, the prayer request page, you'll see that there's a lot of prayers. We get about 200 prayers a week on there. And if you like, you can read along with me. I do read some of these prayers each week over the air. I identify them by prayer ID number, never by name. Why don't we start without any further obfuscation? Prayer ID number 78669. It says, May God bless the Crystal Silence League and all who practice Lent. I'm being healed now for sick vagus nerve. That's the vas- vasal vagus nerve, yeah. And, uh, the sick building syndrome, allergies and intolerance, constipation, swollen ankles, irregular heartbeat, head injury. Wow. Oppression by social justice warriors. By Jesus Christ's stripes, I'm healed. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. May Jesus Christ send his ministries of complete healing and theosis. Hosanna. Amen. And prayer ID 78668. Hello, Crystal Silence League. I'm having a hard time getting a lawyer or any legal help for my grandmother, who is 90, with AFib and COPD. She's been prematurely discharged twice when she hasn't been well, was retaining a lot of water, and the same day she's returned to the hospital. Lawyers are not wanting to take the case because of the unstable illnesses and because it won't be cost-effective, and it could take three to four years to resolve. Well, she's 90 with COPD. She may not have three or four years. Please pray that I can get legal help ASAP for her so that she stays in the hospital, and thank you. Amen. Pray ID 78667, who prays to be kept safe and says, I need help for my efforts. To keep from backfiring. Amen. And prayer ID 78664, who says, My prayer is that I have not exhausted the patience of spirit and my continual asking for the success of my filed motion. If it's possible, if there was a shift from a yes to a no answer, I pray that the answer again becomes yes through the lighting of this candle. My prayer is that my motion to the early termination of probation and community control be granted without delay. It's been a couple of months now for this decision. In Jesus' name, let this be so. And thank you, my prayer partners. Amen. And prayer ID 78662, who prays that Barry, oh, that BJ's attorney builds a strong case against the witchcraft family and organized crime ring, and that they're made to pay back what they owe and justice is served in sentencing and rounding up all of the real perpetrators and their negative energy and craft is against us. It's forever blocked physically and spiritually. Amen. Well, I hope you're not charging them with witchcraft. That's not illegal anymore. Um, Okay, my spirit says it's not witchcraft. Okay, I, I hope you do get justice. And I think you will. 
Pray ID 78660. He says, please send love and good spirits and help me and ease way. Pray ID 78659. I pray that my job contract with VIP KID will be renewed immediately so that I may be able to work for them for years to come. Amen. And prayer ID 78658, who is afraid that love is burning out, and says, X and I haven't had a proper development of friendship, grow to relationship for over three years due to external issues, which seem to be uh, in-laws. Our love for each other is exhausted from trying to keep our love alive. And between him not fully committing and misunderstanding the values being placed with us, we have a baby together, and he's barely there. I guess the uh, ex and not the baby. Um, Also find out abandonment with mom from past, problems expressing his love and feelings, and things go bad and he shuts down. Well, we hope that that gets healed. Amen. And prayer ID 78657 through 78653. Several prayers here. Who prays, make successful my conservancy case for me and my father's inheritance. Heal and bless my entire financial environment. Heal all relationships within my family. Remove any curses from me. Amen. And prayer ID, that can all be combined into one for future notice. Prayer ID 78652, who says, My prayer is that my daughter-in-law and her mom just opened a nail salon, and I pray that it becomes very successful, and they both don't have to work so hard to make a living. And please pray that success is right around the corner. And may God bless your prayers, too, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. How nice and how generous. And prayer ID 78651, who prays for God to remove all negative and unfavorable influences on any present and future aspect of my life, brought about by a name in the book of the dead. And this we lift up in Jesus' name. Amen. And please pray. I wonder which book of the dead. There's... The Babylonian, the Egyptian, the Tibetan. Um, prayer ID 78648, who prays, he never finds out that I did a certain one thing that would make him flip on me. Just wish for him to never discover it. May that be secret. Don't pu- don't post it in a public forum. Keep it secret. Don't put it on Facebook. Prayer ID 78647, housing inspection said not to worry about a few things since they're remodeling, but I'm still worried. This is government housing, and we get expected Wednesday, and I'm sick to my stomach. Where would my kids and I go if they kick us out? How would I pay fines for damage that either I didn't do or things that maintenance didn't do, but my kids and I get blamed for? So she's very worried about these things and doesn't want to get kicked out. So I guess we pray. So we pray that the inspector will not kick them out. Amen. There's a lot of prayers that are stating conditions, but not specifically asking what we want to pray for. Prayer ID 78646, who says, um, I need to figure something out. My kids and I have amazing opportunities to be part of a couple of groups, but... I'm short in finances. Uh, I'm so broke I don't have a dollar, but Christmas parties with $10 or less, white elephant giftings and gas money, park days with other homeschoolers, Boy Scouts, none are much individually, but when you got less than a dollar, I want to cry. Why can't I get myself together? She needs guidance. Amen. Seven eight six four five. He says, "Thank you, Jesus Christ, and the Crystal Silence League." My mother received her dream job the morning after I posted about her. Our family had been praying for months. Source and the league knew it was time. Thank you for answered prayers. And prayer ID seven eight six four four. Who says, 
I'm very worried karmically. I haven't wronged anyone, but for three weeks I've been incredibly slow. Clients call me, and then less than 24 hours they inform me their plans have changed. I pray daily. I try to keep optimistic and open, but I'm late with all my bills, and I need positive prayers. I pray for new work opportunities to come my way and for my old clients and new clients to hire me immediately. I have a word of advice for anyone in business. If a client calls and makes an appointment, get a deposit, a non-refundable deposit. For And if they cancel, that deposit is non-refundable. Now, I don't do this because my clients almost never cancel. But if you have a problem with clients calling and canceling, this is this is bogus. Um, most places have a non-refundable deposit. Uh, most of the places I've ever worked with, that's a service organization. If they have people that are going to come out and do service on you, they have a non-refundable deposit. That would be my suggestion on things like this. And people will quit doing this to you. I know that um, many of my colleagues have a... Um, a cancellation policy that if you, you have uh, 24 hours to dep- to um, cancel, and if you try to cancel the same day, uh, it's a non-refundable deposit. Um, you can't tie up somebody's time and not pay for it. So let's do a couple more. Um, prayer ID 78641 who prays that BL be moved from third shift to second shift in Jesus' name I pray amen and prayer ID 78639 who prays to be at peace and would love to be in a relationship the man must be caring, nurturing, understanding of me and must protect me and love me and cherish me amen Let's have a moment of silent prayer for everybody in need of comfort and healing and love. Amen. And may all of you be at peace. May you all have good holidays. hope everybody's doing well. Well, we've been talking about New Thought, and we've been talking about the history of New Thought and some of the, the processes. And the, uh, the basic premise of this is that internal states will manifest externally. And we know this is true, and we discussed some of the uh, very very interesting practical uh, applications and truths of this. We talked about the case of uh, the, the patient who was uh, on a cancer drug called Krebiosin, and it was curing his tumors. And then he read about Krebiosin was not an effective cure of cancer, and his tumors came back, and his doctor 
who was a remarkably astute man, uh, told him he had a more effective version of Krebiosin and was injecting him with salt water, saline. And the men's tumors went away again until on the news he saw that Krebiosin was proven to be completely ineffective. And within two weeks, the man died. So the man was cured and killed by his own beliefs. And I keep I keep thinking about this. I just keep thinking about this, that this man was cured and killed by his own beliefs. He had a remarkable autonomous system going uh, well ahead of most people. And if we only understood this more, we we could cure ourselves. And I remember uh, reading a very serious article um, in a medical journal. And the, the premise of this was that the future of medicine would be that we would train our bodies to, to heal itself. We, we can't keep making stronger and stronger antibiotic, uh, antibiotics. The, uh, you know, the germs get smarter and we just can't keep making stronger and stronger medicines. So, um, uh, this is uh, just the future of medicine. We'll learn how to train our bodies to cure itself. So, two of the uh, techniques that were practiced by the early New Thought adepts were actually very old techniques. You see them if you go back in mystical thought thousands of years, projection and reception. And projection is based on the theory that your thoughts can be focused and they can be concentrated and they can be sent out to influence people and events. And reception is the the flip side of that process uh, based on the theory that your mind can attract and they can be affected by the fruits of your own and other people's projections. So where Mr. Conlon comes in, the founder of the Crystal Silence League, he had a remarkable insight. He said that projection and reception could be amplified and made more effective with the assistance of crystal balls. And this was a stroke of pure genius. No one had thought about this before. Crystal balls were mostly used for scrying and meditation. And we'll take a closer look at this later when we look at the four branches of crystal gazing. And we'll look at a great way to enhance this with some ideas of my own and some ideas that I applied and some work that has been uh, advanced since the days of Mr. Conlon um, by uh, applying some uh, chakra work. Now, as we look at the history of uh, New Thought, we have to look at the influence of Buddhism and Hinduism, right? Because during the 19th century, when New Thought was growing, there was a great interest in Asian philosophy uh, that arose with the widespread revival of metaphysical interests uh, in the West. Uh, spiritual and occult authors became very interested in Buddhism and Oriental esoteric knowledge. The uh, American occultist Pascal Beverly Randolph had uh, traveled to India to study magic as early as 1850. And the Reverend Hargrave Jennings published a very famous book titled The Indian Religions or Results of the Mysterious Buddhism. And uh, everybody knows about uh, right, Helena Blavatsky and Henry Still Alcott, who formed the Theosophical Society. And they had um, both become very experienced and knowledgeable of uh, Theravada Buddhism. And they brought that to New York around 1875. And in 1893, the Parliament of the World's Religion was held in Chicago, and America got uh, its first glimpse at an authentic Hindu yogi, yoga, yogi uh, Swami Vivekananda. We also know that uh, Americans and British uh, explorers and soldiers had been exposed to Buddhism and Hinduism for centuries. And 
it's apparent that Mr. Conlon had studied with one or more gurus during his travels because in his writings, he mentions Hindu techniques, uh, indicating it, uh, a familiarity with yogic practice. I also found uh, long after – well, not long after, but after I wrote Crystal Magic, uh, a sixth volume that is not mentioned in any of his writing, not in any writings or any bibliography of, um, of Mr. Collins' work. He wrote five volumes of uh, the uh, Inner Secrets of Psychology, but there's a sixth volume called Secrets of Oriental um, Magic, and um, this seems to be a sixth volume of Inner Secrets of Psychology, and it's. It's almost unknown. If you look at bibliographies of Mr. Conlon's work, it's not mentioned. And I found it quite by accident. I don't, well, I don't think it's an accident. I think Mr. Conlon's uh, spirit has helped me fi- find – first of all, finding uh, original and intact copies of all five volumes of the Inner Secrets of Psychology is almost impossible. But I found them um, rather easily. Once I started looking for them, I found them. And then the sixth volume, Secrets of Oriental Magic um, – came to me and uh, quite by accident really because I, I made a, a mistyping I mistyped uh, during a search and boom there it was and I got it rather cheaply too so he wrote an entire book on uh, oriental philosophy and uh, psychological uh, techniques so um, um, interestingly enough uh, he published the works and referred to Swami uh, uh, Panchadesi. However, Swami <laughs> Panchadesi uh, was one of the very many pseudonyms of uh, his friend and associate, uh, William Walker Atkinson, one of the pioneer authors of uh, New Thought. And uh, William Walker Atkinson was a very, very prolific writer. If you go to Amazon, you can download a Kindle edition of his complete works and uh, – Oh my goodness, he wrote dozens and dozens of books, not only under his name, but under uh, several pseudonyms, and uh, I, I can't even remember them all. We uh, we talked about William Walker Atkinson once on the show, and uh, oh my gosh, he had, he had like six or seven pseudonyms, and possibly more. I don't even know if all of them were discovered, but um, we know that during Mr. Conlon's time, uh, there were many uh, documents of um, Tibetan yoga, Tibetan dream yoga, uh, such as uh, the Bardo Todol, which is sometimes called the Tibetan Book of the Dead, and uh, the uh, also uh, a very hard to obtain book uh, up up to the century uh, called the Epitome of the Great Symbol. Uh, this was a secret doctrine of Tibetan dream yoga that was only passed down from master to student until it was brought to this country and translated. It teaches an ancient yogic meditation technique, which is aimed at achieving liberation. And in this book, uh, we find uh, a lot of teachings that involve projection and reception. And, um, the uh, a lot of these teachings talk about going into the silence, which is a technique that is uh, evoked in New Thought. We call it um, uh, we call it going into the silence, and we'll talk about that more. But uh, this is a quote: uh, "The observing of silence after the casting out of the dead breath of exhalation is called the tranquility or immobility of speech. Meditate upon thy guru." as being seated upon the crown of thy head, and pray to him, vouchsafe to me thy gift waves, that I may obtain the highest boon of the great symbol. And having prayed for the boon-conferring gift waves, absorb them into thyself. Think that thy mind is blended with the divine mind. So the commentator uh, goes on to explain that these gift waves are psychic energies sent out via telepathic transmission by gurus. So, we can't help but notice that these are uh, very similar to uh, Mr. Collins' description 
a projection and reception after going into the silence. In the uh, in a in a uh, essay called Secret of Concentration, which is written in 1924, you find this in the uh, uh, the first volume of the Real Inner Secrets of Psychology, uh, Mr. Conlon tells an anecdote that was told to him by a young man whose father was stationed in India. He says that a, uh, a group of yogis prepared for a demonstration of their mystical powers by meditating for hours every day, staring at small bright crystals on the ground. After several days of this meditation, they gathered a crowd and performed incredible feats of magic. Among these feats was the famous Indian rope trick, where a rope thrown into the air remains suspended by nothing but the willpower of the yogi. And with a rope dangling in midair, a small boy climbed to the top and disappeared. Now, I'll tell you that skeptics have dismissed the Indian rope trick as a legend or a performance of uh, ledger domain, you know, a magic trick or an illusion. But Mr. Conlon's anecdote provides a clue to another explanation. When the young man examined photographs he made of this rather unbelievable feat, the photo showed only a crowd of people standing around the group of yogis staring upward in amazement. There was neither rope nor boy. The yogis had apparently implanted the images in everyone's mind through mental projection. And the man's father explained the secret was to concentrate your mind on one thought to the exclusion of everything else. And that's what the yogis had been doing by staring for hours at the bits of shiny crystal. And from this experience, the man had gleaned the power of silent influence, which he mastered to a remarkable degree and utilized several times in his own life. We'll be back after station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So we've seen that Buddhism and Hinduism had an influence on New Thought. Um, Another influence was Christianity. So the 19th and 20th century developers of uh, religious and secular and metaphysical new thought uh, in America and England were primarily raised in Christian churches. And their early training and beliefs contributed to the form that new thought was eventually to take. And these denominations were primarily Protestant, including Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, and Lutherans. There were also some branches that evolved from Mormonism. I'm going to tell you that spiritualism, uh, as it was known uh, in the uh, Anglican or the Anglo or the white community, uh, had a lot of Mormon influence. In the African-American spiritualism, uh, that was mostly Protestant, but uh, the white uh, spiritualism is mostly uh, mostly is uh, attributed to the Fox sisters, but the Fox sisters' dad was a friend of uh, uh, Joseph Smith and Brigham Young, and that's that's another story. But we'll, we'll get into that some other time. So, to the um, Methodists, Presbyterians, Baptists, and Lutherans, we we owe that influence to the many biblical concepts and quotations that you'll find sprinkled uh, throughout New Thought teachings. So the religion of spiritualism um, came into existence around the time of New Thought. And spiritualist cosmology, which includes communication with the dead, was not part of early New Thought doctrine originally. But over time, many spiritualists adopted aspects of New Thought, 
beliefs, and some New Thought teachers, including Mr. Conlon, practiced and advocated spiritualist mediumship and communication with the dead as a New Thought concept. Which you have to understand um, is uh, is very interesting. The uh, so what we find in New Thought is that New Thought churches and New Thought groups can be um, anything. You'll find New Thought uh, ministers or teachers who are Agnostic, atheist, Buddhist, uh, Christian, Jewish, uh, etc. So let's look at, or start to look at, uh, the four branches of crystal gazing. And this is really the nitty gritty of the Crystal Silence League. This is the nuts and bolts. So Mr. Conlon, first of all, was a, a very um, extraordinary person. Um, and very enigmatic. There are. It's hard to separate the myth and the legend from the facts when we talk about Mr. Conlon. Uh, he rose from uh, virtual obscurity uh, from the rural Midwest to become one of the most successful and prosperous people of his time. He had uh, many friends who were uh, prominent stars and celebrities. Uh, he had. Many of his friends were movie stars, like Clara Bow, Marion Davies, Jackie Coogan, Harold Lloyd, Margaret Sullivan. Uh, he uh, married several times. He purchased property and retired a millionaire after only nine years on the public stage. We, uh, we know him, uh, many people know him as uh, uh, Alexander the Man Who Knows, a uh, vaudeville performer, um, what what is known as a mentalist or a mind reader, and he uh, performed for nine years and retired a millionaire. Understand that uh, Blackstone, Houdini, Thurston, uh, Keller performed mostly their entire lives and did not enjoy the financial success that Mr. Conlon did. Um, now, affluence and fame. He also had a publishing house, uh, you know, the Conlon C. Conlon Publishing Company, that published New Thought, spiritualist, uh, uh, astrological uh, literature. Now, fame such as this does not happen by accident. Well, I guess sometimes it does, but um, not not in his case. He deliberately set out to succeed at life. And the more he accomplished, the more he wanted others to enjoy life as he did. So even while touring the country as a performer, he had begun to write and publish small booklets and pamphlets in which he shared his philosophy and his methods. And after his retirement, he published books on new thought, and he prayed every morning over the postcards of the people who send him prayer requests. And one of the things that we know about him for sure is that he was a great master of silent influence and all the other methods of projection and attraction. And I can only imagine how pleased and excited he must have been when he discovered that crystal balls could magnify and focus mental waves. Because with that knowledge he made a leap from entertainer to master magical adept. Now, I'll tell you that proficiency in crystal work technique comes at a price, and that price is practice and lots of it. And I'll tell you that uh, with the uh, appearance of my book and the appearance of the show and with my own move into teaching, I've discovered something, and that is a lot of people don't understand what practice is because within a month of the appearance of my book, people contacted me and said, uh, 
I don't understand why this isn't working for me. I practiced and practiced, and I'm not getting a lot of results. And I realized that my book had been out for three weeks to a month. Okay. If you go from zero to three weeks to a month, from zero, you know, three weeks in a month, I'm really sorry. You're not going to master anything. And uh, have you ever tried to learn to play the piano or guitar or something and you give up? or you get frustrated after three weeks to a month. Well, you're talking about if you've never done anything like this, if you've never practiced um, mental training, meditation, um, uh, uh, magical techniques of any sort, it's going to take you about a year before you start to see significant results. But you know what? You can't go back in time. You cannot go back in time and uh, get results tomorrow. You can't go back in time a year and get results tomorrow. But you, you got to start today. You have to start today, and you'll start to see something. You know, within a month, you'll start to see something. It's small. Now, maybe you're a natural adept, though. Maybe you have a natural talent. I'll tell you that when I turned fifty, I started taking piano lessons. I always wanted to all my life, but I never could. I had to work too much. And then I said, well, I'm going to do it. I hired a really good teacher, a private teacher. And I thought, maybe I'm an adept. You know, maybe I'm a prodigy. I'll sit down and I'll just have a natural knack of the keyboard. Oh, no, no. You know, chalk that up to a, a disappointment. No, I am not a natural musician. And um, after two years, and I want to tell you, I practice for hours every day because I know what practice is. I know what practice is. It is determination. And my, my teachers have told me, They've never seen anybody more determined than I am. And that, that, that gave them patience because I am awful. I'm an awful piano player. But they, they said, I've never seen anyone more determined to learn to do this than you. And I said, thank you, because I am. And I developed some skill. You know, I can read music and I can learn probably any piece of piano music written. I could learn it given time. But I'm not good. I'm not a natural. I really am not. And I never will be, but I did learn to do it, and I learned it by determination and practice. So I know what practice is. I've learned some very difficult things, and you have to be very determined. So I will tell you, this is the price you pay for this, is practice. To get good at crystal work requires practice. And I don't mean a day or a week or a month. I mean constant practice. And you will see um, results. Not faster. Okay, here's another thing. I see this on Facebook. What's the Lenormand deck? I don't know what a Lenormand deck is. Uh, and then a week later, or three or four days later, hey, I'm taking a Lenormand course online. Then a week later, hey, I'm doing Lenormand readings. No, you're not. No, you're not. It takes 10 years to get good at Lenormand. Yes, I don't care how natural you are. It takes 10 years. 10 years of constant practice to get good at doing Lenormand readings. If you're doing Lenormand readings after taking an online course for a week, you're not doing Lenormand readings. I want to tell you that because I do Lenormand readings and I'm really good at it. And it took me almost 12 years of constant practice. And I gave up three or four times because it is really hard. I'm really sorry. It takes about 10. Ask anyone who's a really good Lenormand reader how long it took them to get good at doing Lenormand. And they're going to tell you, oh, it took me 8, 10, 12 years. And they're still learning. And I'm still learning. And, I, and I've been doing Lenormand readings for like 15, 20, about 20, 18 years, about 18 years. It takes you at least 10 years. Don't tell me you took an online course and you're doing Lenormand in two weeks. I don't care how long you've been doing tarot readings. It don't matter. It don't matter. It takes practice. Practice. So practice. Lots of it. You have to train your mind and you have to train your body to do crystal work. And Mr. Conlon in all of his writings talks about a holistic approach. The importance of taking care of yourself and diligently training your mind. And he emphasizes a healthy diet and plenty of rest and exercise. Nothing is better for you than taking a walk every day. 
and he he says to avoid indulgences in alcohol and other intoxicants and a dedication to spiritual excellence and a program of meditation to hone your mental concentration and he often sounds like you know your stern parent and I'll, I'll read you a quote. If you want to sacrifice your mental control and whole future life for a few pleasant indulgences in the present, that is your business. If you do not take advantage of its benefits, it is because you don't want to. Now, if at times he seems kind of abrupt and rude, it's because he knew he had a serious message to deliver, and he didn't have time for curious dilettantes. He was out to change the world. And I'll tell you that uh, if you read uh, Buddhism, if you read the Pali Canon, for instance, um, Buddha did the same thing. There's a sutta called the Horse Trainer. And a lot of people don't understand. Buddha got salty sometimes. And someone came to him and he said, uh, uh, he said, uh, sir, what do you do with people who won't, uh, under, who will not understand your teachings. What do you do with people who uh, don't understand the Dharma? And Buddha said, well, what does a horse trainer do with a horse that can't be tamed? And and he said, if, you, if there's a horse that can be tamed with a gentle hand, the trainer loves that horse. But what do you do with a horse that can't be tamed? And they said, well, the, that trainer kills that horse. And he says, so I do with a man that cannot be tamed. I kill him. And, of course, the Buddha didn't really mean he kills the person, but he means that man is dead to him. Someone who's too stupid or too intractable or too stubborn or too self-indulgent or too arrogant to listen to the truth about reality, which is that as long as you follow your desires and your lusts and your greed, uh, uh, you'll never be happy. Uh, you're dead. To, you're dead. To, the Buddha didn't have time to waste on you. You know, if you came to Buddha and said, well, I, I disagree with you. I think you're wrong. I think you're full of crap. Buddha's like, fine, you're dead to me. You know, don't waste my time. This is sort of like what Mr. Conlon was saying. I have a serious message here. You know, if you want to glut yourself with food and drink and sexual indulgence, I don't have time. I don't have time to waste on you to convince you that what you're doing is not the path to spiritual excellence. And uh, as you get older, uh, I sort of feel the same way. I have uh, I have something I can impart to you, and I don't have time to argue. For instance, if you study the symbology contained in the Rider Waite deck, you will become a much better reader. I don't have time to tell you that you don't have to do that. You know, people say, "Well, I don't have to learn the Kabbalah. I don't have to learn the Kabbalistic symbols." I don't have to learn the meaning of all the symbols. No, you don't. Sure you don't. But if you do, you'll be a much better reader. No, you don't have to learn to be a craftsman. No, you don't. You don't have to learn to be good at what you do. No, you can be shitty at what you do. Fine. I'm not going to tell you not to be shitty at what you do. You can just make stuff up. But you'll never be a good reader as someone who actually learns how to do their craft. As Mr. Conlon says, if you do not take advantage of its benefits the benefits of knowledge and discipline. It's because you do not want to. The world is full of bad craftsmanship. So, if at times Mr. Conlon seems abrupt, it's because he knew he had a serious message to deliver and he didn't have time for the curious dilettantes. He was out to change the world. So next week, we're going to look at the first branch of crystal gazing, which is called the visionary branch, scrying crystallomancy or seership, how to look in a crystal ball and have visions. Why don't you come back, if you will, and we shall look at that very thing. This has been the Reverend John St. Germain, back from the brink of death to bring his message to you. This is the Crystal Silence League. You know I love you all. And we'll see you next week.